sancte nobis spiritus, unum patri cum filio, dignare promptus ingiri, nostro refusus pectori. Now, O Holy Spirit, given for us, one with the Father and the Son, condescend to enter us at once, you having been poured into our breasts. This is the Afterdinner Scholar from Wyoming Catholic College, and I'm your host, Dr. Jim Tonkowicz. Wyoming Catholic College students study Latin during their freshman and sophomore years. From there, they move to two more years of Latin in the form of Latin reading groups. These groups meet once a week and read Latin texts from Horace's poems to the biblical Song of Songs to Tele Charlotte, that is, Charlotte's Web, and Winnie Ile Pooh. And while the semester was far busier than I expected, I was at least for a while part of a reading group, including Nunt Sancte Nobis Spiritus. Professor Eugene Hamilton, better known as Magister, led the reading group along with Dr. Travis Judd. And I asked Professor Hamilton about how the idea of Latin hymns came about. Well, I guess I was going to Mass and hearing students in the choir um, sing these beautiful Latin hymns. We have an excellent choir here. I was just wondering to myself, have the students ever sat down and really looked deeply at the hymns? Um, the hymns are some of the best Latin lyric poetry that we have, period, but particularly from the Middle Ages and late antiquity. And so it was kind of a challenge to the students to, to read deeply these hymns and see their poetic beauty. Tell us about the pedagogical aspects of the reading groups. How does, a, how does reading hymns, as opposed to, say, prose, stretch a student's ability to read Latin and their appreciation of Latin? Well, I guess this is true for poetry in any language, even your native language. Um, it's just at a higher register of language. It makes you think about things beyond the literal meaning. You have to really sit with uh, the words and, and, and think about them. Um, you have to think about how the form of the poem is related to the meaning of the poem. And it's just beyond what you would, you know, beyond the literal, beyond what you would expect with prose in that way. Kind of as a follow-up to that, and I think it's partly you've already answered it, what's the spiritual advantage of reading the hymns in Latin and learning them in Latin rather than an English translation? And in that, perhaps you can answer for yourself and uh, you know, tell us what your hopes are for the students. Yeah, you know, the power of language is such that when you come up with a new phrase or a new new word even, it, it stays fresh for a while. It's powerful. It has a lot of value in, in that way. And it tends to kind of get stale over time. And that, that would be with English, I'm thinking. But with Latin, you have this strange paradox where the words that you're encountering seem fresh. They're new to you. They're new meaning. They're, they're charged with, with meaning and power. And yet, they're not new. They're part of a larger tradition. And so you get to join into a tradition and uh, have the freshness of language all at once. So it is paradoxical in that way. Well, I know in mass, and if we're singing the responses in English, it's okay. But I'd much rather sing them in Latin. But they're not just, they're not just syllables for me. They're actual words. Glorificamus te. That's 
that's not just syllables. That means something. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. yeah, it seems like um, spiritual reading in general in a foreign language invites you to go beyond the literal. And we take so much for granted when we're speaking English because we just sort of assume that we know everything as long as we know the meanings of the words, we get to the end of the sentence and assume we've, we've figured it out. But a foreign language forces you to sit with it and reflect at a deeper level because the starting point is you know you don't know everything. So if your starting point is ignorance, you're going to have to, to stretch yourself. Well, the primary reason I signed up for Latin, what is it, six years ago now, <laughs> was that uh, I'd see Latin hymns juxtaposed with English translations. And while I didn't know Latin, I knew enough about language to look and say, ah, these two <laughs> things aren't really the same, are they? Um, and uh, is that fair as well? Oh, absolutely. Um... I guess I've kind of gone through different phases in my understanding of translations, particularly translations of poetry. Um, when I was first reading a, a poem, I would think of the translation as sort of this lesser version of it. Uh, I've kind of a nuanced view now where I think, well, it's, a, it's its own artistic version of the poem itself, and it has its own sort of commentary to add to it. But yeah, it's definitely a different poem in that sense, a different work of art in its own right. Well, and if you're translating, translating is hard enough. If you're translating for singing and therefore you need to have <laughs> the same meter in English as the Latin has, you've got a big problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, an interesting example of that is um, Stabat Mater Dolorosa, Yuxtakutem Lacrimosa. And it's really difficult to translate Latin word order. The first word is stabat, was standing, stabat mater. How do you, how do you translate that and keep the meter? And um, the translation that's often used, at the cross stood the mother, her station keeping, it really helps with the, um, the word order, you know, her station keeping. It's the first word, it has this power to it translates the imperfect tense as well, was keeping and station, uh, very powerful, but I, it must have taken the translator a long time to, to figure out how to, how to manage all of those different considerations. Well, and what struck me, I, uh, I read Nunc Sancte Nobis Spiritus, the word nobis to us is in the middle of holy and spirit. If you did that in English, it would be positively bizarre. But you can do it in Latin, and there is a, a warmth and almost a coziness about that. We are in the Holy Spirit, and in, on the page, it's literally that way. Just fascinating. Yeah, it's just amazing what you can do with Latin and its word order, because it is the word endings rather than the word order which determines grammatical meaning. You can place them in whatever order you want. For the language learner, it seems like utter chaos, and it seems like the, the poet at times may be trying to trick you, but when you look at it deeply, you can see there is order to it, and there's a way of expressing things that we just can't do in, in English. Um, another example of that is from St. Thomas's famous hymn, Pange Lingua Gloriosi, Corporis Mysterium Sanguinisque Preziosi, and, and when you look at that opening line, you can just say a lot about the word order, 
For one, it has the, the very famous chiastic structure where you have A, B, B, A, so A, B, B, A. And um, St. Thomas has that, but he has mysterium in the middle. So we have a, a noun or an adjective, noun, noun, adjective, and then in the middle is mystery. So this beautiful uh, joining of form and meaning where mystery is in the middle of, uh, of the Eucharist, which is what he's getting ready to talk about. Mm -hmm. but, do, you, do you want to read that hymn and oh, comment sure. on it? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to read it. at least the opening, perhaps. Pange lingua gloriosi corporis mysterium, sanguinisque preciosi, quem in mundi precium, fructus ventris generosi rex effundit gentium, nobis datus, nobis natus, ex Maria Virginae, et in mundo conversatus, sparso verbi semine, sui moras incolatus, miro clauset ordine, in supreme nocte cene recubens cum fratribus, observata lege plene cibis in legalibus, cibum turbe duodene sedat suis manibus, verbum caro panem virum verbo carnem efficit, Fitque sanguis Christi merum, et si sensus deficit, ad firmandum corsincirum sola fide sufficit. Tantum ergo sacramentum venerimur cernui, et antiquum documentum novo ceda ritui. Priestat fides supplementum sensuum defectui, genitori genitoque laus et jubilatio, Salus honor virtus quoque sit et benedictio, procedenti abutroque comparset laudatio. Something interesting to say about this hymn is the opening, Pange Lingua Gloriosi, um, is not new to St. Thomas, but here he's joining into a tradition of hymn writing and hymn singing too. And it's actually been used several times starting in late antiquity. But St. Thomas seems to be saying something novel in this, uh, this opening where he's writing about the Eucharist. And so Pange lingua sing, or Pange literally means like compose in poetry, in poetic form. So sing, O tongue, he's invoking the tongue. Well, why is he invoking the tongue? In the previous versions, uh, pre previous hymns that have used this opening, it seems they're invoking the tongue to, to sing a beautiful hymn. But he's... St. Thomas is speaking about the Eucharist. So he's asking the tongue, which has just taken the Eucharist, to sing of the mystery of the Eucharist, as if the tongue, having just come in contact with the Eucharist, would be able to say something that perhaps his mind wouldn't. So interesting to see him join into this tradition and that the two authors that he's quoting there, or maybe a few, uh, besides the ones I'm familiar with, are distance from him several hundred years. So it's been amazing to see that uh, unity of time in a sense. Well, that is a, yeah, that's a wonderful hymn. And that's one of the ones that I, I, I sang and I'd sing it in Latin and there'd be an English translation. And, and I'd like, these, these don't quite add up. And, uh, and of course you don't, you don't have that kind of wonderful rhyme scheme and meter. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and you can only get that. You, you, 
you know, you're only going to see the beauty of something like this, reading it in Latin to see the particular form, to see the particular words, but also just being forced to sit down and read it slowly and reflect on it. And, you know, in, in church, we'll, we'll sing it and it sort of tends to come and go and not necessarily have the time to sit and reflect on it that it, it really deserves, I think. And is that what happened with the students? What was the student's response to this class? The student response was overwhelmingly positive. I, I've had more students thank me both in class uh, at the end of the semester and then even by email, which I guess I've had a few times before, but I was really, really pleased to, to see that. In 2012, Pope Benedict XVI declared Pro Dei Amore, Latinum Linguam Discite, which translated means, for the love of God, study Latin. And while I find that our Wyoming Catholic college students, who are less than one-third my age, pick up the grammar and the vocabulary far faster than I do, knowing at least some Latin is a wonderful thing. The Gloria, the Sanctus, the Page Lingua Gloriosi are more than just syllables to memorize and repeat but hymns to sing with understanding and thus with deeper reverence. This fall, I'll get some review as I plan to serve as magister for my grandchildren as they learn Latin. In any case, if you can learn some Latin, let me recommend it to you. For Wyoming Catholic College, this is Dr. Jim Tonkowicz.